Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And coming up on today's episode, obviously, we are going to give everything that you want to know about the dominant performance by your Brooklyn Nets in Game 2 at home over the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to talk about Kevin Durant, lights out. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving, ultra effective early, and then we're going to get into the role players and how this team continues to be driven by the two big stars, and that's amazing, but also everybody else that is bought in, ready to perform, and ready to execute their roles to perfection. This one got out of hand early, got put to bed quick, and it even gave our superstars a little bit of rest. We'll break it all down here on a locker room evening, nonetheless, right after the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, the unbelievable Brooklyn Nets every single day. I am Doug Nori, owner-operator, DFSR.com. If you need a projection, just head on over there. NBA, NHL, MLB, it's all covered. And that is Adam Armbrecht, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets on Sportscaster, also the host of the One Giant podcast covering the New York football giants. We are live on Locker Room following Game 2, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks. Buddy, how are we doing? Ladies and gentlemen, if you want... The culmination of everything that the Brooklyn Nets accomplished this year, I feel like the Game 2 performance that they put on in the absence of James Harden, just an absolute trouncing. Uh, they, they ran the Bucks out of the building. They ran the Bucks out of the building. A 125-86 victory in a game where Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant got to take off most of the fourth quarter. I, 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 I'm through the roof, man. Coming in with the expectations around you know second game here, you know Milwaukee's going to want to bounce back. They're going to want to play tough. You don't want to go down 0-2. Apparently it didn't matter because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving came out with an assassin's mentality and every single member of the supporting cast played their role to a T. I just, I'm, I'm speechless. For the first time, I should get my wife down here. <laughs> like to, just to have her record, to have her record the first time I didn't have a long, lengthy opinion on something. It's unbelievable what the Nets have done here in these first two games. From the minute Harden went down, I I reverted instantly back to pessimistic fan mode. And man, they have done everything. They reached down into the into the grave, grabbed me out, and pulled pulled me all the way back up. It's unbelievable. Believable. Look, I, I got a handwritten believe. letter here. You and me, we can both sign our names to it. Handwritten letter, just apologies. Apologies to every single member of the Brooklyn Nets for even letting a doubt creep into my mind. I mean, like, okay, so what I said before, uh, you know, on yesterday's podcast was that the Nets came had came out with so much energy in game one following the, uh, and we talked about this after the game also, they came out with so much energy after, the, after Harden went down, and our concern was that they, like, replicating that kind of energy over the course of a seven-game series, even for multiple games, was going to feel impossible. Not only does it feel, <laughs> not only does it feel possible, it feels likely after watching this game. There was this game 
was just over. The only reason we didn't treat this like it was over in the first quarter is because they're actually playing the Bucks, who people thought could win the championship, maybe still do, think could win the championship. Otherwise, this game just had all the hallmarks of an absolute drubbing. Uh, we're going to get into all the specifics on it, but the part where I was concerned about just not being able to replicate these certain things that happened in game one, good Lord, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, again, you can hear me stammering. I was just so wrong about it. And they just came out. They played even better. I cannot believe it. They played even better <laughs> in game two than they did in game one. And I thought game one was the best game they basically played as a team all year. Well, <laughs> and, and, and they somehow just did it. And they somehow just did it again and made it and made it better. And here's the and here's the big. I think the big difference coming from the regular season and even out of the first round of these playoffs, Kevin Durant is unstoppable. He's unstoppable. He can go where he wants to on the floor. You can put any defender you want on him. It's not going to matter. Twelve of eighteen. Only took six shots from beyond the arc. So, you know, 12 of 18 from the field, 32 points with six assists. Again, we mentioned it after the first game, and and we wondered coming into game number two, right? Kevin Durant doing it on both ends of the floor. I think his defensive performance was still strong in this one. The first game one seemed a little bit more, had a little more intensity on that end of the floor, certainly. But the team collectively behind him played that role perfectly. And the fact that, you were able to rest, you know, 33 minutes. That's crucial now. You win game two. You go up 2-0 in this series. You have another dominant performance from your big two. We'll get into some of the supporting cast members who, again, you rotate to some different guys and other players stepped up here for them. But the fact that you were able to be this dominant and get rest for your two stars means that now you don't have to be as concerned about James Harden timeline. You don't have to be as concerned about Jeff Green, who was speculated about being possibly available for game three. Guess what? You can take that extra bit of rest now and add on another day to that. I, I, I don't even why I'm, get, I'm getting in the weeds even, just on the fact that I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away how strong this team looked against the Milwaukee Bucks team. Now, to your point, I'm sure the fan base on their side of it thinks get back home, and those are going to be tough games. Don't take anything for granted. They're going to come out. They're going to play incredibly hard at their two home games. But I just, I don't know how you can look at this Nets team and think, well, we're going to the finals off a performance like this. Oh, you mean for the Bucks? Yeah, like I, like yeah. the no, there's the no balloon way has I, to have been popped. It's, it's right. Just, I mean, something has to have been deflated. They beat them by forty. It's it's a it's the it's a playoff game. They beat them by forty. This isn't a first round one versus eight seed. This is this is the two versus the three seed. The Nets, who don't have their second best player, and probably in their fifth best player in Jeff Green or something like that, have just beat this team by forty points in a game that was never in doubt. I just don't the cohesive the cohesiveness the cohesion whatever the thing that keeps everyone together for this team the energy the like just like the plan that they had we'll get into a little bit of that a little bit later here about sort of like what the defensive plan has been that they've executed nearly perfectly the ball movement that they were executing nearly perfectly at the beginning of the game just the the overall just joy that they're they're playing with I'm not even doing the Michelob thing here <laughs> like it's still like I'm not even into it's, it's it yet just, it just still it is, really was that much it is it it, it really it really just was and I uh, if I like I said if I sound like a fan here for a second and I sound like I'm just a little bit wide eyed and and giddy. It's because that was the kind of game that this was. It was just it was a it was a game for like where even the players became sort of fans. It was like they were became kids again. They were back in the schoolyard. They're back, you know, on these travel teams, these teams that they kind of all grew up and playing with, where they're just having fun and it just everything is working. That's how these first couple of games have just been for the team. Like they've just it's just been so loose. 
not no tension, no worries at all. Everything's going to work. They're, everything's going to work on both ends. Everyone knows where everyone's going to be all the time. You know, the, the passes are right in, you know, right in step, right in the pocket, finding the guys that are wide open every single time, rotating exactly correctly on every defensive rotation, sticking to the plan. It's, that's how you beat a team. That's how you beat Milwaukee's a great team. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, maybe they're, are they going to reach the mountaintop? I'm not sure. This team, in terms of just overall talent, and skill, I'll even say coaching and you know mostly scheme. This is a really, really, really good team, bordering on great team, and they just absolutely dismantled them. So, yeah, I, I'm just yeah. If I'm rambling, whatever, dude. Like, this is what happens <laughs> when you. <laughs> this is this is this is what happens when you have sort of like a, a, a stamp all time win. Yeah, I'm calling it like an all time win. That's just what this was when you beat a team, but this badly. In, in this crucial of a game on this stage, national TV, prime time, the whole deal, this is just a, an all-time efficient, just awesome game for the Nets. Yep, absolutely. And, and, you, and it started from, from word one, 36-19 in the first quarter. So, I mean, you know, set the tempo right out of the gate. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, coming into it when you wonder where's the energy level going to be for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that wasn't in doubt. And, of course, we're going to get into some of these other players. And then I think even some of the stat lines out of this game you were talking about before we got on here that really, I mean, there's some all-time maybe historic stats out of this game as well, including pace of play that we'll talk about here in just a minute. Yeah, for sure. First, going to talk to you about our friends over at Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more with a Credit Karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait with Credit Karma money. You can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. To bring Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win that, those cash reimbursements, reimbursements for making purchases and also win an instant karma purchase reimbursements and items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot. And your instant karma cash will be added to your spend account right now. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning that instant karma only for June 8th to June 30th. When you make a purchase between those dates, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. You heard me right, $1 million. Got to be there between June 8th and June 30th. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules, banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. And of course, got to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com because after this game was over, I ran out to the car, fired it on, and just started blasting into the horn, shouting out to the neighborhood what a dominant performance it was until I broke the darn thing. And I don't know what it is inside of a horn that breaks, but I know that it's something and it's a part that I'm going to need. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. When you go over to rockauto.com, you're going to be able to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's your classic daily driver or that 
pristine vehicle that you've been keeping cherry in the garage. You get everything that you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And it's easy for those professional car guys or the do-it-yourselfers like you and me. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. When you go over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right, locked on in their how did you hear about us window so that you know that they know that we said to send you there. That all adds up. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Here's the deal. Uh, when you start a show like this, you're going to have a bit of a rundown session. Someone's going to send it over. In this instance, it was Doug Norrie. He said, listen, let's stay high level to start this thing off. Just talk about the excitement of what we experienced. And I did. And I even threw in some stat lines around Kevin Durant that we probably wanted to save until we got to this spot, the specifics. But when you watch his performance in this game, especially taking on, going up against Middleton, Giannis, P.J. Tucker, any other bodies they want to throw at him, what was what makes him so dominant and allows him to move with such ease into the spots where he wants to get his shots and what's happening around him on the floor too that that makes that a possibility well the, okay so it's you're seeing it here when they even they start Tucker specifically to guard him in the first two games it hasn't worked at all <laughs> so I don't know if they're gonna make I don't know if they're gonna make an adjustment going in, into game three here um but the what what helps with him well, the reason he can do it is one thing is he, because he's such a great shooter. You have to stay so close to him as a defender and be up on him so that one, you really run the risk of fouling him as he tries to blow by. That happened to Tucker multiple times where he kind of had to grab him in this game. Um, or because if, if you sag off, even in the slightest, you get he just rises right up over you. This is why he's like the perfect basketball player, right? <laughs> like you just there's no good thing you can do if you're guarding him one on one. No one's as big or um, as rangy as he is on on defense that can stay with him. And even maybe you could get a guy like this on him, but you don't want to get him in foul trouble. Like even if you stuck Giannis on him for long periods of time, or even Middleton, you can't really run the risk of getting those guys in foul trouble early in the game because then you because you really need their offense, right? So that just puts them in such a perfect spot with Durant that he can. This is why it always looks like you're always wondering, like, well, how can he keep getting to his spot? Well, because he dictates the whole entire flow of the game based on there's no good way to defend them one on one. And we're just seeing this over and over and over again. And especially when the Nets have spacing around him, which they've had in these first two games, the spacing was even better in this game. It was absolutely unbelievable. Um, because then you leave defenders on an island with him, and you just see what he does. He just picks his spots and just buries you over. Like we called him an apex predator at the beginning of the season. This is why. Like the, these yeah. exact moments, like this is exactly what it is. We'll talk about Kyrie in a second too, because it's a, the, you know, the, the freedom that KD had was just as much about what Kyrie was doing also. But the, this is why like you can stick singular defensive assignments on him. If you're not going to bring help and they can't really bring help because the second you bring help, they rotate the ball and just hit an open three, which is all they did <laughs> tonight also is you just put the, you put the defenders in such a bad spot and he has just risen up to another level that it's funny about where you get in the playoffs now because, you know, you watch Kawhi and that's in the seven-game series against Dallas and they start talking, is he the best player? And, you know, LeBron makes an exit early and kind of who is on the ascension level and who is, you know, can't put Giannis there right now, clearly. So, and you just start thinking like, oh, right, this is the guy who's like, was is 18 months or 24 months removed from being in the discussion as the best player in basketball. And he's right back in it. <laughs> like he's just yeah. like, he's, he's been there. He's been there. And then to do this on this stage for the reasons that we said about why you can't guard him 
and just knock every single thing down. He's just if he if he had ever moved, which I don't really think he did, um, he's he's back there now. Well, and that's why, by the way, when we, you know we're talking about guys because from the start of a series in that instance with Kawhi, right, where that series started to where it finishes also changes the opinion or perspective they have on a given player. I think in this one we're talking about obviously today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage that's brought to you by Michelob Ultra, where it's only worth it if you enjoy it, and it's at two point six carbs and ninety five calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season, specifically Kyrie Irving in this game where it's another. See, I feel like Kevin Durant's performances in these first two games have just completely grabbed your eye. And there's moments that Kyrie, because what he does around the basket is just astonishing at times. But when you look inside his stats and you go 9 to 17, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, throw in the 4 of 8 from beyond the arc, which I'll continue to go back on, when he's really hitting it from the perimeter, that's another level to this team overall, but specifically to Kyrie's game. Because if he knocks down a couple of those early, all of a sudden, that little step out that the defense has to do, when they want to sag back, when they want to invite him a little bit inside the arc, now you're edging yourself out there and you saw him. I mean, he put guys on skates. He had Connaughton trying to go trying to go six feet to the right while he's going two feet to the left. I mean, th- there was a point in this game where watching Kyrie, I just thought... Nobody else on this court, uh, on, on Milwaukee's side of it, can do anything about it when the ball is in his hands. It, it, it's whatever he wants. If he wants to pass it, he'll pass it. And by the way, as we mentioned here, we're going to get into locker room when we wrap up. One of the guys mentioning unselfish basketball from Kyrie because there was a number of sequences where he got a great feed from whether KD and then on a couple of ones specifically from Joe Harris. And he drove, had the lane, and made the active choice to kick back out to Harris in the corner and let him knock down a couple of those spot-up threes. So we wondered, in the absence of Harden, how would these other two stars balance their game out? It turns out they they completely understand the principles that they're operating this offense within, that they have the weapons and support around them to be able to rely on. And that's why, I don't know if I mentioned this at the top, at the break of this game, at halftime, 30 points combined between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, 35 from the rest of the team. That is not a stat that you can gloss over because it means they're getting balanced attack even beyond these two huge superstars. Yeah, so Kyrie, the you mentioned his final stat line, the 22 points. I think it's important to remember that while it he didn't sort of add, pad them all out as the game went on, his points and sort of impact in the game came so early and basically yeah. started putting put the game away early. You know, you mentioned he was breaking ankles. He had Bryn Forbes, uh, I mean, completely dusted on one of these possessions. He had two threes early that basically set the tone. And when he has sort of full command of what he thinks that the defense is going to do around him or where he thinks he can go with the ball, you can just see it in his body language, right? Like you can see, you can see the movement from him becomes, he's already about the most fluid player in the game. It becomes even more fluid somehow. (laughs) Um, And to like, he takes it to a different level. And I actually think that's like super demoralizing for the defense to see that happen because now they know they're dead also in the same way. Was a different kind of dead because Durant kills you in a different kind of way. Kyrie like threatens to kill you on the embarrassing level where he is taking you off the dribble. (laughs) He's, you know, like you said, putting you on skates. He he has you backpedaling so much because you know that if he even gets 
one half a step around you or like if he sees even a sliver he's going to be by you and he'll finish over players he'll finish over the help defense or finish through the help defense that comes even though Giannis actually did block him like almost it would have, it would have been into like the 19th row if the backboard hadn't been there in the one block but the other than that like the help defense can't do that much with him because he finishes so well against the rim over bigger guys so when you're a defender you know that you have very you'll have almost no margin for error in terms of your sort of approach and stance and positioning and and I think it's I think as a defender when you see Kyrie acting like he was acting at the beginning of the game which is to say like fully in control you also know you're dead <laughs> like you just know yeah, yeah well, you, you know you, you know you're totally dead like what can you do like what's Bryn Forbes gonna do in, in transition against Kyrie Irving get embarrassed is what's gonna happen like that's that's basically that's basically <laughs> what that's basically what he had going early so while this the stat line doesn't really probably reflect how good he was all that stuff happened early and then the game was over and I thought and they just took their foot off the gas and didn't need to do anything else and that's really why the stat yeah, line never it, never fills itself out and that's, yeah, and I think, yeah, listen, you only played 34 minutes as well in this game. But to your point, right, when, when you're defending against KD, even in a lot of games, typically, you, you'd think when you're trying to defend against Giannis, there's certain, when you're trying to defend against Luka, we've seen, we saw in that first round playoff series in spite of them going out. When you're defending against certain types of players, it's more like, hey, listen, get out there. You're going to do your best you can. But when Kevin Durant rises up above you with his length, it's just the reality of his size and the skill set. But Kyrie Irving, you know, put him in a lineup. He's just a guy, you know, on paper. And then when you get out on the court and he's able to take any size player, any position player and make them look foolish, there's a demoralizing factor to that, I think, beyond what Kevin Durant does to you where he's putting in buckets. You're like, yeah, that's what Kevin Durant does. We're just trying to, you know, trying to keep pace, trying to outscore him, outshoot him. But when Kyrie is locked in to that level and we've seen him ebbs and flows of his game throughout these playoffs now, looks like it's just on the steady build where the more locked in he gets is the more confident he plays and it is just the more dangerous as he comes up the court. And it was that much more impressive because he had to be on the ball a little bit more in these first two games of this series. And you still seen him have that same rhythm and balance to his game, which was absolutely deadly tonight. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about what they've done here to mitigate the superstar on the other side of the court. Also live on Locker Room, we'll be calling folks up here to uh, you know, give their opinion on another great game. First, got to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Milwaukee started as a plus two in this game on Bet Online, went to minus one. Whoops, that did not work out the way I think a lot of people thought when they were just moving the line over on Bet Online. They're also plus one sixty eight in the series on Bet Online. That is set to change now with the Nets up to nothing before the next tip head on over to bet online from your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great news sign up bonuses and contest information they have don't sit on the sidelines anymore it's your chance to get into the game as we roll through the playoffs head on over to bet online sign up today that's totally free but you're going to want to make a deposit and when you do make sure you use the promo code locked on for a 50 percent Welcome bonus. It's got to be a first deposit, though. Promo code locked on. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. And of course, you said there's some things that went on here that we want to get to as far as how the Nets approached defending the, the Milwaukee Bucks and specifically even Giannis. But I, I don't want to move off the Nets offensively just yet until we mention I mentioned Joe Harris there in passing, just three of seven from beyond the arc, five of 12 from the field. But we, we talked about. 
Mike James in game number one. He had to step in a little bit. He came back in this one, had an okay performance, but certainly was serviceable. But Blake Griffin did enough, but we thought he's going to come back down to earth here a little bit. Enter Bruce Brown, 6-10, gives you six rebounds and four assists in this game. Enter in Nicholas Claxton in just 14 minutes, but you, he had an impact, the rotation and versatility. Like, I, I just think that it's incredibly easy to say, we'll throw anybody out there with the other two stars. And in a lot of ways, it's true. But specifically, Joe Harris and I think Bruce Brown, and you can throw in Claxton to a lesser extent because of the minute shares, but Harris and Brown, what they did defensively, you know, Harris is picking up Middleton. That's a borderline impossible assignment for him, and he played him incredibly well for large portions. Then Middleton got into his rhythm as he was going to, as you would expect him to, but they continue to play really sound rotational defense, switching their assignments, and it's something that we didn't see throughout the regular season, but it does feel like, and we've heard them mention this at their post games leading up to the postseason, the, the, the stay ready crew, right? All these other guys that are playing in the practice game, playing the practices, excuse me, and keeping the starters ready to go. Like that clearly is translating. And they even mentioned on the broadcast about the Nets aren't necessarily a team that plays a lot of sets, especially on the offensive end, but they have principles on both ends of the floor. And they seem to be, ba- they seem to be bearing out here in this series. And, and, and in a series when you're talking about a rookie head coach and Steve Nash going up coach bud, who they keep saying, you know, when can this guy make adjustments when it counts the most? Everyone assumed that, that all those adjustments were going to come this year. They'd figure it all during the regular season. And yet they seem to run into a wall this game and had no answers to figure it out. Yeah, all those role players are actually part of the honest conversation, too. They're all, they're all interconnected here, right? So the offensive piece, it's very easy to be on offense uh, with the with Kitty and Kyrie when they're playing this kind of game. Right, because they're just mm-hmm. commanding so much attention that your most of your shots will be of the very easy variety. All the net shots that were basically every shot was easy this game. Nearly every shot was open. <laughs> just really nothing. I mean, a few runners in the lane that were contested. There was a few closeouts, but for the most part, it was kind of an embarrassing, frankly, embarrassing um, performance by the Bucks. On I think they just got demoralized early, but like the the cohesion even among the role players was so perfect that really everyone was able to have good offensive games because, I mean, Blake had a poster dunk and a follow dunk. <laughs> I think there's more dunks than yes. he had like for three years, three years combined or something like that. He had them in this game. and But those pieces where the, the role players are so locked in, it translates on the offensive end because they're basically ready to, to shoot when the ball comes to them and they're open. Okay, that even, you know, Shamit's knocking them down too. Like, basically everyone made their shots tonight. And then on the defensive end, you mentioned guys like, you know, Blake, Bruce Brown, and Claxton have put in an absolute hero effort on the defensive end and have just been, have really not missed an assignment yet. Like, Bruce Brown, the, the clear idea for to, to go against Giannis here was to... Um, you know, have Blake front him and then flat if he gets close to the lane and if he slows his momentum down a little bit, have Bruce Brown flash to him. They did that multiple times uh, in the first in, in the first, uh, and then try not to foul him. And even if you do foul him, like who cares? Because the free throws are kind of a disaster too. And so the, it's <laughs> and they just they never made any mistakes on this. Claxton did the same thing. Like he, you know, he's there to get in front of him. He got switched on the Drew a couple times. Totally shut him down. Um, and. They're just totally locked in on the defensive end, too. And I think these role players, yeah, it's not just KD and Kyrie. It's the fact that everyone's feeding off of... It's like they look across at KD and Kyrie and says, man, if we just do all the other stuff, we're going to win. 
right? Yes. <laughs> like we don't even need to do the. We can make make the open shots when they're available. Don't screw up on defense and put in an absolute max effort on defense, and we're just going to win. And like that kind of hierarchy for a basketball team is just so. And then and it includes Harden when he's out there too. It's not even like this is this isn't a byproduct of not having Harden. It's 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 available when Harden's around. Also, it just. You know, they just don't seem that they just don't actually have him right now. But I think when you you can play so loosely some of these other guys at times because they look and say, "Man, I just get if I just do everything else, we're going to win the game. I can do that, <laughs> right? Like I can <laughs> well, I can be out there. I can not make mistakes. I can play with a lot of energy. I can be smart and play smart basketball. And that's exactly what these guys have done. They've now done it for two consecutive games, executed the plan. And it's not even like this high level chess plan. It's just make sure Giannis has two guys in front of him every time he gets the ball. Okay. <laughs> And they just they never miss it, and and it's and it made it impossible for them. Well, and so there's a couple of things here as we move towards the locker room. We'll start getting everybody up in the room that wants to comment on this one, the biggest room we've had uh, to this point of the playoffs. So really good to see everybody in there. But there's a couple of things. You mentioned Sham. I think that's really important because he did knock down a couple of uh, nice open threes for himself. Good to see him start to get into that rhythm. Remember, Milwaukee is supposed to be the deeper team. They're supposed to have the wealth of players that you can run out there. I mean, Portis, I don't even know if that guy was dressed in this game. You know, some of these key players for Milwaukee have really been no-shows in the first two games of this series but to me there was a sequence I'll say third quarter might have been in the fourth there before KD exited the game he came down the court Giannis defended him he took him to school went into the lane got to the rack with ease and that felt like the summation of the game Kevin Durant all the experience in the world knows how to dominate no matter who the opposition is Giannis one of the best defenders in the league no match for what Kevin Durant wants to be able to do when he wants to go and execute. And if that's going to be the case in a series like this, if you're if you're taking Giannis and you're neutralizing him by the effective play of your best player, you got problems if you're Milwaukee. And I think that much was evident coming out of a game like this. Yeah, I don't know. I they 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 probably have a move to make here. We're going to talk uh, in the next couple of days. We'll probably we're going to almost definitely end up talking to Kane Pittman from Locked On Bucks to get his thoughts yes, about uh, where, you know, what moves can be made. I have opinions on some moves. I would have made the move before this game. They didn't do it. I would have started Bryn Forbes over uh, PG Tucker. They didn't see they, that. Not something they wanted to do. I said that on yesterday's podcast. I wonder if we'll see a move like that. I think there are moves the Bucks can make here. I don't think this series, I want to caution Nets fans just a little bit here. I'm, I was quickly falling my, I can, I can front run with the best of them. Believe me. <laughs> Like I can, I can but all be they've out done there. Is, is what they're supposed to do: protect home court, right? That's what they've accomplished. As dominant as this win was, you won the two games at home. You're supposed if you win your home games, you win the series. Correct, correct. I want to make sure the Nets fans we don't get out. Of, you know, I'll throw myself in here too. Don't get out ahead of our over our skis because this these are long, these are seven game series for a reason. And while the first two games have looked great, and the second game looked especially great, you know, for any time of year and for a playoff game, just sort of mind boggling. Um, these they each individual game sort of rests and it's on its own thing here. And so yes, they're up to nothing. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They did it with ease. They did it. Um, you know, it was a much easier road than I think that anyone definitely after that first minute when Harden goes down, there's no way. I don't think there's really any, even the most optimistic Nets fan that's sitting here after it would be like after game two, we're going to have just run these guys out of the gym for basically a game and a half. Like I, I just, <laughs> I just don't think I uh, look, I, I, I would not include myself in the person that, you know, I can sometimes not be glass half full guy for sure. Um, I think even the most glass half filled guy, filled guy or gal would have trouble have seen, having seen that. So I just want to say, you know, we'll pump the brakes a little bit and 
say, man, again, this is such a reminder about what happens when you have superstars in your team and everyone else bought in along the same sort of like along the same lines. This is the kind of game Thing you get. Oh, you just get you get efficiency. I mean, just ultimate efficiency. Again, like, do we? Sorry, I can't remember if we said this in the beginning of the locker room or did you say this at the beginning about the timing of the game and the free throws? Did we say that or no? Oh no, yeah. Make sure, yeah. All right, so I'll I'll say it real quick. I'll say, yeah, no, I'll say it real quick here because I, I, sorry, we started with this locker room and I couldn't remember when we started hit record. So this game, I looked it up. This game, I'm pretty sure the fastest game ever was an hour and fifty eight. Um, it was a Hawks game a few years, like maybe a few years ago. I closed the link, but this game, I think might've beaten it. I, KD was getting interviewed at 10 o'clock Eastern and the game tipped at eight. So I think this game might've been the fastest game possibly in NBA history. Also the fewest free throws ever taken by a team in a playoff game was five. The Bucks tied that tonight and they had one guy take free throws. Two players in this whole game took free throws. Kevin Durant and Giannis. That's it. They took 12 total free throws. That has to be the lowest number in an NBA game. If the all-time low was five and the other team only had two more than the all-time low, I just don't know how this isn't the record for fewest free throws <laughs> in a game. I'm not sure if there's been a game in the modern NBA history where only two total players have shot free throws. But this game, but that speaks to the efficiency, right? Because the Bucs knew so early that they were down. And if you play, if you play the Bucs and you allow five total free throws, and it wasn't like the, the refs just swallowed their whistles in this game either. They, it was just they, they just really didn't foul them at all. That's impossible. Impossible against Giannis. I, like it's nobody does that. You have to kind of like the way you stop him is by fouling him. <laughs> that's usually that's usually how they you, you, you kind of hope to grab him as he as he kind of tries to euro step past you in the lane. It's just it just speaks to the efficiency. So that's why I wanted to throw the timing of the game and this free throw in. It, they're cool little fun stats, sort of, but they also just speak to they they they're perfect stats for what the Nets did, right? Yeah, was, they, with a couple per- of days. No, I was gonna Go say with a couple of days between the next here and the next game, you'll I will have I think we'll be able to flesh out why that stat is yeah fun but also indicative of how the Nets approach defending Giannis and how they manage to play in front of him without fouling him without giving him ten to fifteen opportunities at the free throw line as off as his percentages can be from time to time. Yeah, it's it's crazy. If you if you allow another, I mean, usually if you allow the other team seven free throws total, you also would feel like you were super efficient because that wasn't the <laughs> didn't work out the way that that way for the Bucks. <laughs> they just they allowed seven free throws and then let the Nets get 125 points. So didn't work out exactly the same way. It's not a not a perfect corollary in terms of how well you did in terms of the amount of free throws you allowed. But yeah, I just thought those two stats were uh, were really interesting and just sort of to me basically summed up the entire game for the Nets. All right, we are going to jump into locker room here in a second. We'll be back later in the week talking uh, almost definitely in the next two days with Kane Pittman from uh, from Locked On Bucks. He'll get his thoughts. Hopefully he's not too demoralized, but uh, eh, this guy, he's, he's an optimist. I'm sure he'll have some stuff that we can look at as well. In the meantime, make sure you rate and review the podcast wherever you listen, five stars or bust. Uh, seeing these numbers, the numbers have been absolutely unbelievable over the last two weeks for the podcast. I think they've, they're, they're definitely the best in the podcast history. Um, and they're the best since we started recording. So much appreciated to everyone who's jumped on board recently and started listening along with us. You can keep helping the podcast by rating and reviewing wherever you listen. 
And of course, you can get all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. It's your host, Peter Bukowski, updating you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of all of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast needs fulfilled. Hey, if winning isn't everything, why do they keep score? Vincenzo Lombardi. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. All right, we'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.